Hello and welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran. It is day 13 of Broncos training camp, and we are in Dove Valley looking uh, at the, the first of two practices that the Broncos are going to have uh, with the Chicago Bears coming into town, uh, testing out the Broncos' uh, talents against an NFC opponent, uh, really giving them a, a chance to see what they can do uh, in a different setting. Ryan, your biggest takeaways now that we're sitting here and we, we got a chance to really uh, see how this yeah. played out. Well, I think it's practice 13. Practice 13, I, okay. It feels like, I think we're at day 98. <laughs> um, but my takeaways from the Bears-Broncos session uh, on Wednesday morning was there's, so much too, there's almost too much stuff going on at once to pay attention to one thing. And even Vance Joseph said, I asked him, how do you watch practice? He goes, I go from field to field and you watch three, four plays at a time. A couple of my takeaways real quick on defense were, and I'll write about this uh, on DenverPost.com, the injuries have taken a toll on the second-team defense. You have third-team rookies, third-team newcomers being pushed into second-team duty. You saw a lot of busted assignments, a lot of long completions today. Yeah, I think Vance alluded that maybe they have to dumb down the game plan sheet uh, for Saturday night because these guys don't know what to run, what they haven't learned. So, uh, But you had more of a look on the Bronco offense today, what did you make of Case Keenum and company? Yeah, it seemed like Case had a, had a fantastic day and, and really got off to a fast start, which was very important for this group after what we saw in the preseason game against Minnesota. Um, the first couple plays from scrimmage uh, were deep bombs that, that Keenum connected on, uh, the, the biggest one probably being to uh, DT, and then after that connecting with Hireman on, on consecutive plays. So uh, that fast start was important, and I think that that carried through most of Keenum's days. Uh, he was one guy who didn't throw an interception on the afternoon and was able to to use a wide variety of targets and, and was able to spread the ball around and, and we'll use that to transition a little Ryan you know of the offensive players that we saw today which guys or maybe just one guy really stood out as someone who, who uh, had, had a nice time yeah I'll go with receiver Emmanuel Sanders he's sort of flying under the radar which is interesting because he's a veteran he's a starter and he makes a lot of money but he's getting his work in. Uh, he had a nice uh, one-on-one win in individual work against Kyle Fuller, who signed a monster contract with Chicago. And then uh, twice in the opening 11-on-11 sequence, he caught passes from Case Keenum. You know, for Sanders, the preseason numbers may not be there, and it doesn't matter. Uh, he looks like somebody who's going to be ready to go in week one. Absolutely. And, and on my end, a guy who continues to stand out, um, if anything, just for his usage rate at this point, is Philip Lindsay. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, on the running back depth chart, he's listed right up there at the bottom uh, with David Williams, the Broncos' seventh round pick. Uh, so you figure maybe he's not really in the mix to be that running back. But here's a guy who's running with the first team at at least eight touches between the team periods and seven on sevens, uh, run with Keenum all the way down to Lynch in the third team. Uh, spreading them out in a variety of ways. It's going to be fascinating to see if that does actually carry over to the games, if they feel like Lindsey is so explosive that they need to use him in that role, or if it's just the case where, okay, in our practice setting, we need to get our most explosive guys in situations that our players can prepare for, um, as opposed to maybe him just being a, a real special teams game day contributor. I mean, would well, you agree with that, Ryan? Well, if he's just special teams, that's not enough for him to make this team because they may have one of those guys already in Isaiah McKenzie. The thing about Lindsey, his touchdown uh, catch and run against the Vikings last Saturday was exhibit A of why he should have some use to this offense in the regular season. 
mismatch against a linebacker. He can be a mismatch against a safety. So if you split him out wide, teams may have to put a linebacker on him in space. That's a matchup the Broncos should want all day, should want all day. The key for Bill Musgrave and the offensive staff is, do they feel comfortable week in and week out having a package of five to six plays for Philip Lindsay? And can they keep creating new ways to get him the ball once defenses see two, three weeks worth of game tape? That is going to be a decision I think to go all the way down to the wire. Well, no, I think for sure whether he plays a lot in that preseason game, whether his roster status is secure, doesn't play, then he's safe. Absolutely. And just, you know, just to point out, though, there's no way that this guy is at the bottom of the running back depth chart just with how much he's played yeah. in these situations. And, you know, I give the Broncos credit, you know, it seemed like today throughout uh, the different team periods really getting some depth in with some different units. And we saw Jordan Leslie running with the ones at wide receiver. That's probably a good idea, right, at this point in camp, yeah. see what these guys guys can do especially when, when you you're going against an opponent and, and think the the situations are a little different yeah and it takes wear and tear off of thomas and sanders yeah and probably court and slut and those three guys you need to be have ready by week one they don't need to be running up and down the field 35 times a game so put them on a snap count put in and that gives jordan leslie river craycraft John DRC, you see him working with right. the ones. You just rotate him in. Right, you know, and, and let's switch gears a little bit with a little bit of offensive talk there and, and look at the defense. I thought uh, of all the post-game comments, or not post-game, post-practice comments we heard today, uh, Vance Joseph had some of the strongest in describing the second-team defense, just saying it wasn't good enough. Um, you know, that, that that unit really got tore apart a little bit, backtracked and, and talked about some of the new players who've just been added to the roster uh, even just a day ago. So you take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, Ryan, you, you had a little bit better view of that field. Was it as bad as, as Joseph said it was? Um, there are a couple of noticeable breaks. And I think what Vance is looking at is guys running free. Um, it's one thing to be a step behind and, you know, late coming out of your break, et cetera. But these were a bust, uh, bit on the play action, safeties didn't rotate, uh, corner handed off to a guy there was nobody to hand it off to. So, you know, that be, you know, Sue Cravens has to get back. If he wants to win a roster spot, he would fill that second-team dime safety role, maybe even first team. You know, DeMonte Thomas is safety. He's out. Uh, Michael Hunter, a corner, he's out. Chris Harris, number one corner, he was out today. That moved Tremaine Brock up to the first team. So, you know, the attrition is setting in. Uh, and, they, you know, this, you know, this time next week, if some of these guys aren't back, then they should be a little concerned. Well, at what point do maybe we sound the alarm on this defense being what we saw today and the success that Cortland Sutton's had against it? Do we still kind of view that as, as practice time, or do we have enough to, to be concerned about this group? Well, as you know, Kyle, I'm a very positive guy. <laughs> so I'll take the glass half full as, hey, well, Cortland. That's, that's what the readers want to hear, too. Cortland so. Sutton is going to be able to gain an advantage on a lot of corners this week. Same with Thomas and Sanders. So, uh, the alarm bell, uh, you know, put it in the cupboard for now. Uh, but, you know, if you get through that first game and uh, some issues are arisen, then it's time to start con being concerned. Absolutely. And, and with that, we'll, we'll begin to wrap things up just to keep you guys updated. Uh, today was the last day the fans could come out to Dove Valley and watch. So if you weren't able to make it, uh, going to have to make plans for next year. But the Broncos and the, the Bears will once again compete uh, against each other in practice tomorrow uh, with the different units going after each other on different fields at the same time. Like Ryan said, uh, kind of exciting, a lot of commotion, a little bit difficult 
difficult to grasp everything, but uh, we'll do our best to keep it all in context for you. Um, so with that, we appreciate you listening to this edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. Uh, be sure to check out DenverPost.com and, and all of our content in the paper every day, and join us next time.